Hello and welcome to Upstage the Podcast, your regular dose of theatre news and reviews. I'm Rachel. I'm Abby. This week we're going to talk about theatre news and then we're going to do a review of some shows that we've seen recently. So we're going to talk about Tina the Musical and Julius Caesar at the Bridge Theatre, the brand new Bridge Theatre near Tower Bridge. Then we're going to briefly talk about the differences that we see between Broadway and the West End and the sort of state of play at the moment. So this week's theatre news... Abby? Uh, it's been quite a quiet week for theatre news. Yes. One big casting announcement is that Orlando Bloom is returning to the London stage Ooh. after over a decade. He will be starring in Tracy Letts's Killer Joe at Trafalgar Studios. That's nice. Yeah. What's Killer Joe about, Abby? Killer Joe is about a policeman who moonlights as a killer for hire and the title character will be played by Orlando Bloom. Other news, so the first previews of Chicago and Strictly Ballroom are happening this week. And Frozen just officially opened on Broadway, so if you want to read reviews of that, you can do that if you wish. And also Lobby Hero just opened on Broadway, so their reviews for that will be on Chris Evans. Evans. I mean, the biggest news to do with that is his moustache, which he doesn't have in, like, the show (laughs) poster, but does have... It's not... In the show. I don't love it. It's, It's very, very there. It's very, very there. Yeah. But... You know, it's for the art. Mm. There's also been some West End transfer news. Um, Caroline Will Change, which is currently on at the Hampstead Theatre, is going to be transferring to the West End later this year to Playhouse Theatre, I believe. Still with Sharon D. Clark, she is going to transfer with the production. Yes. Which is exciting for her. The only other time I went to the Hampstead Theatre, they cancelled my show. Rude. And didn't tell me until we'd literally gone to the toilets and were trying to get into the auditorium and they're like no show's cancelled mate why would they let you in let us in queues everywhere milling about couldn't figure out why i can buy a program no signage no poster no like a4 sheet stuck in the window that's mental come on hampstead theater bastards i'm sure it's a lovely venue haven't been back they lost me (laughs) they've lost me forever i don't don't know well we might see carolina change once it comes to the west end yeah you don't have to go to hampstead for it nightmare so last week the previews for Tina the Tina Turner musical started and I went along to the first preview and obviously this is a world premiere and it was the very first time that the show had been done in front of a public audience so I'm yep. sure it will change and evolve a lot before it officially opens on April 17th I want to say mm-hmm. but it is in such good shape. Was it good? It was incredible. Um, Adrienne Warren who plays Tina is I mean, it was one of the best stage performances I've seen. So the show tells the story of Tina from a child right up till um, she's in her 40s. And from the time that she is 17, I think, which is about the third scene, Mm. Adrian Warren is on stage and barely leaves. Mm. There isn't a song that is sung from the time that it ages up from a child performer to her that she doesn't sing even a little bit in. Every Mm. time anyone else has a song, she has a few lines and obviously she's got massive numbers and really really intricate dance routines and there's a lot of emotionally heavy stuff and she is just insanely good yeah there's other really strong performances Cobner Holbrook-Smith is playing Ike Turner Tina's first husband um who she performed with for many years and for most people know you know he was it was not a happy marriage no he was just really captivating obviously ike wasn't a great 
man. Um, <laughs> Very sensitively put. Yeah, yes. Uh, please don't sue me. I turn her estate. Um, but he has. There's just something in it from the moment you meet him, even when Tina doesn't know yet that mm. you know he's not going to be great news in every way. He's just there's something about him that's a little bit uncomfortable at all times. Yeah, but not kind of painfully obviously done. Yeah, I think it's a really cleverly put together show. The mm. every area of the production is amazing the set design the yep. lighting yeah they haven't skimped on anything it's mm-hmm. all just really slick and it looks it's one of the shows where kind of the staging looks really simple but you know that there's yep. kind of a hundred things happening for it to look that smooth yep. it has a kind of similar turntable setup to hamilton mm-hmm. but they use it less as sort of the dancing and, mo- and more for just kind of really smooth transitions nice another turntable it works really well mm. doesn't it Mm-hmm. Um, and also the kid performers so obviously there's so many of them on rotation that you know mm. who knows who people see at any one night but I'm sure they're all as good as the um, little anime um, who performs at anime is Tina T- Tina Turner's real name is anime anime bullock is it? yeah what? Tina Turner I mean you're gonna learn what Tina Turner was a name given to her by Ike so the only thing she t- when she left him the only thing she asked for in their divorce was the name Oh my god. He renamed her because anime wouldn't sell. Ike and Tina. Sounds better. Oh, my mind is blown. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought that her... Okay, fine. But yeah, the little girl playing anime was just crazy good. Mm. Not at all sort of irritating child actress. And Mm. also the person playing her sister as a child. Just fantastic. Mm-hmm. The little kid playing Tina's son as well yeah. is even younger and was just, you know, when a child actor is just, and also it's his first night and it's yeah. probably the first time he's been in anything and there was this kind of rowdy, mm. uh, you know, 1500 Tina Turner fans yeah. being rabbit. Yeah, yeah, just like being insane. Yeah. He was just so precious. Like oh. he was a little bit like rabbit in the head, but like yeah. really adorable. So I have high hopes i'm sure it'll just keep getting better how how do the songs work with the plot is it just sort of like she performs a lot of the songs like she's doing a performance or do they try and it's actually less i thought it'd be a bit more performance Mm. based they do have some of that um Mm -hmm. so there's kind of highlights of her career that are really based on the songs at the time so Mm. for example the recording of river deep mountain high which is a really big moment in tina's career yeah that's kind of just as it was her singing that but they also work different songs in. So the show kind of tells a story up till the late 80s, I think. And so there's big songs that everyone kind of will expect yeah. of Tina Turner that, that were released after that point. But they kind of work them in as sort of parts of the plot. Fine, okay. In I various ways. I was just wondering how similar it was to the Carol King musical, which is very sort of, she's writing all these songs yeah. rather than them trying to make it. No, having mm. discussed it with people who saw that, it's not that similar. Interesting. It's kind of... You know, obviously it's got a similar sort of feel of all those sorts yeah. of um, biographical musicals, but mm-hmm. I think it, it, it does something slight... I mean, like, not radically different with the genre, mm-hmm. but just kind of takes it somewhere new, I guess, yeah. because of Tina's story, which was not necessarily the easiest. Mm. Um, they had to... It works really well. And it just resonates yeah. really well with everything at the moment, so kind of it touches on, mm. obviously, the kind of the Me Too thing. Tina was one of the first people to speak out against mm-hmm. domestic violence, um, and then sort of gender inequality mm. and racism, uh, feminism, yeah. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's very... 
it's a story set in, you know, the 40s or 50s or whatever, right up to the 80s, but it's a story for today. It's a story for the modern, for the modern day, so, yes, the modern the woman. woman. Um, yeah, so I would recommend... Give it a rating out of 10. Oh boy, that's tricky, and obviously it is tricky as well because it was the first preview, so it wasn't as slick as, mm. you know, there are things they did need to tighten up. Yeah. Oh, I'm need the number. Oh, oh, I'm really bad at giving numbers. <laughs> I'll say eight because I'd probably give it four stars as it is now, but I reckon okay. it will... I reckon I'll get kind of four or five star reviews when it okay. gets around to it. But Adrienne Warren, I will say just get there. I'm sure she'll be doing the show for months and months. Mm. But she has been training since she was brought in for the show back when it was just a workshop, the kind of mm. first table read, I think. Um, it says in the programme. <laughs> and you can tell that she has been working on getting ready for the show for yeah. months and really, really training vocally and physically. The amount that she has to go through yeah. is insane. And her voice... Tina Turner's the sort of person who you always hear her music, but I never, mm. like, really listen yes, yeah, to yeah. her, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Adrian really captures the gritty quality, but I don't think as being, like, super karaoke That's really, about really good. It. That's great. Um, and similarly, I don't know much about Ike Turner, but some people I went to see it with were like, oh, it, mm. that was, like, he was performing up there. Yeah. Um, so wow. he was... Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Give it a three-word review. Ooh. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> um... Powerful but fun. Nice. Done. Ding. Ding. I mean, one of my words was but, which is really a waste <laughs> of a word. But there we are. But still, you did it. Yeah. Moving on to Julius Caesar, which you also saw last week. Yeah, I've had a busy week. You have. Uh, I also went to see Julius Caesar. So first of all, I'll talk about the Bridge Theatre because it is a brand new theatre that opened just last year mm-hmm. here in London. Opened by Nicholas Heitner and Nick Starr. Um, Nicholas Heitner was the chief executive or creative director, whatever his title was, at the Mm. National Mm Theatre for many years. And the idea of this theatre was to kind of give a cool new space for new theatre in London. A unique sort of venue. Unique venue. Obviously, this is Julius Caesar. It's not new (laughs) theatre. It's (laughs) It's pretty old. Pretty pretty damn old. Been been around for a while. But the venue is, is really cool. It's a little bit far away yeah I mean it's a little bit but far it's like, away it's like on the venue. bank of the Thames right yeah. next to Tower yeah the nearest theatre to it is Mania Chocolate Factory which mm. again is a bit of an awkward it's, yeah it's something. an awkward part yeah. of London so it's about kind of 10 minutes from London Bridge or yeah. Tower Hill Tubes but it is a lovely building I think it's it's real strength is the theatre itself mm. I maybe expect them to be a bit cleverer with the way they designed mm-hmm. maybe this is just like a theatre nerd thing to say but the way that they designed the sort of bar box office yes yeah yeah um, general hospitality yeah. area like when you can design that yourself rather than having to work exactly. like something that's 100 years old yeah like a lot of think. west end theatres obviously are a little bit awkward because yeah. that's how they were built they had to fit into a tiny space yeah. this they have a lot of space and yet we couldn't really see the box office at first and it's just like oh, this really? little desk right by the bar so there's mm. all the queues are coming the same place and yeah. the queue goes right past the door from the box office yeah really far up. but then the other side is just tables for like mm. the bar and like why don't you utilize that side of the Weird. room it's just like everyone's very crowded over the bar yeah. and the box office being yeah. right next to each so that was weird. And then the toilets, where we were sat anyway, which is we kind of in the... They don't really have, like, stools and circles, but we were, like, the bottom level. Yeah. And the toilets were labelled women and then kind of the all-genders sort of symbol. And then on the other side, there was men and 
the all genders. So like people wandering out and looking up and there are these men like, can I go in here? I don't know if I can go in here. Am I allowed here? I'll go to the men's. Yeah. It's like, just pick one. Either have it gender neutral. Yeah, either just have all gender have neutral a... toilets. Yeah. Yeah. I don't weird. know if they're trying to say like, like this for, for women, women and like gender and fluid people. Yeah, I'm like, so... But yeah. the symbol definitely had like a kind of gender fluid mm. and then male and female. Weird. It was a very confusing little setup. But you know, I'm sure those things will get. Uh, they'll come out in the wash. They might. I'm sure they, they will. They can peel that sign right off. <laughs> um, a lot of toilets, though. Always good. That is good. That Did makes not such have a to queue. Oh, that's Didn't nice. Didn't queue once, except for to pick up tickets yeah. in the annoying box office queue. Yeah. The show itself, obviously, Julius Caesar. Everyone knows the play, mm. but they did it really cleverly. So it being a completely new space, they used so the auditorium is set up that there's a really big pit sort of in the middle mm. in a sort of classic Shakespearean mm-hmm. way. And then around the sides, all around, there's three, I think, sort of tiers of just three seats, mm-hmm. really, really um, raked that's kind of a stage term but we were sat in the back of the first lot of those and so you're kind of on a high chair but very comfortable high chair Mm. and so they've got a lot of space to play Mm -hmm. with in the middle for the staging and they really did play with it basically the people who are standing in the pit are told to leave their bags and their coats and stuff in the cloakroom because they are moving throughout the show so the stage kind of appears from the, the ground and it kept kind of different bits kept appearing and disappearing and it was growing and shrinking and at times sort of the audience in the pit were the kind of audience at the political rallies in the play yeah like when it gets to the war bit of the play i'm not going to say spoilers because it's julius caesar there's kind of the war chaos and there's a lot of staging for that a lot more than there has been for anything Mm. else and they just kind of rubble just kind of drop from the ceiling to add some like effects the people in the audience are like oh my god oh no so they do like all it's very clever very very 4d it was very 4d very modern yes very Um, immersive yeah and it was it was so slickly done that it wasn't they were just they knew exactly what they're doing and it meant that by the time you get to the kind of the chaos of the battle scenes Mm. it's okay because the people in that area were used to just having to move from a to b all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. it also started you go in it starts with like a gig yeah so there's a band of the actors they were really good Mm. quality music just doing this sort of heavy rock gig Mm. rally in support of caesar from the moment you walk in you know it's like something different like it's really loud you know you walk in just like it's a bit too loud but then you're totally in it they're really yeah. yeah so you get in the mood and they did the whole show through without an interval ah. so it's just like you're in this kind of epic mm. film almost mm. of the play and that's how it felt from the sort of direction they changed some of the characters from some of the male characters to be women mm-hmm. and just that and the sort of political obviously they'd done things just little things that made it obviously seem very relevant today like mm. when you come in and during the band bit they're selling hats for caesar that are um the red hats with sort of white do this caesar yeah right? so it's very you know reminiscent of trump yes so it immediately brings you into that sort of modern you've got a lot of context around it already yeah, yeah. of you've kind of got these preconceived ideas of caesar as trump which is i guess kind of different to how you're Mm -hmm. taught to think of caesar and then it the whole thing is just very modernized from then onwards so it seems so relevant today and you Mm -hmm. kind of completely like very very quickly stop hearing it as shakespearean english i think like it's just very and you know it's like instead of stabbing caesar 
they shoot Caesar. I'm sure that's. I'm sure I'm allowed sure. to say that. I'm sure there are production shots of that out there. Mm. So yeah, it was it was very cleverly done and an incredible cast. Yes. So for example, Mark Antony is played by David Morrissey. Marcus Brutus is Ben Whishaw, and um, Caius Cassius, one of the gender swapped roles, is played by Michelle Fairley, who was. Catelyn Stark in Game of Thrones. Catelyn Stark. Oh, I thought that's what you were yeah. No, you're I was going to say she was incredible. Okay, gotcha. I mean, she was. She was incredible as Catelyn Stark. Yeah. She was so great. They're just the whole cast. I feel like I can't just kind of do a shout out to everyone, but everyone was amazing. <laughs> but everyone? Um, it was just, it was really great. And it was one of those, they'd clearly made a really conscious casting decision, obviously with the gender swapping to have more gender equality. Yeah. But also um, the racial diversity on stage was really refreshing and nice to see. So it did feel like a, a really fresh production and it felt like you were watching a play that could have been written last year. Um, mm. It's just Shakespeare was well ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows that politics just never changes. So that is on until the 15th of April at Bridge Theatre. And I would definitely recommend you go see it. There are rush tickets on today ticks for the immersive standing. Mm-hmm. So you could try that. And also just go to the Bridge Theatre. I think this is a really good sign that it will do kind of interesting new creative things. It felt quite similar to the National Theatre and that. Mm-hmm sort of vibe and i think we could do with having more experimentally experimental places yeah. yeah yeah it's good for people to try new things and to get a bit more creative with what theater allows correct speaking of <laughs> speaking of this week andrew lloyd webber was on um, front row on bbc radio 4 and he brought up the fact that he thinks that the west end is falling behind broadway in terms of creating new um musicals and there's not the same energy on the west end as Mm -hmm. there is in broadway he referenced um, lin-manuel miranda who obviously is the brains behind hamilton and pasik and paul who are the writers of dear evan hansen Mm -hmm. and also did a christmas story which is on broadway a few years ago now and all of them have really amazing careers at the moment so pasik and paul involved in La La Land and The Greatest Showman yep. for the music of those yeah. and Lin Manuel Miranda is just doing everything he to be honest at the moment everything. he's just everywhere and obviously did Moana yes so basically why let's is just, let's why that. is the, why is the Broadway doing better than why the West End why do we Rachel? not have British composers doing the same kind of thing it's a good question I don't really have an answer I don't know whether it's something about I don't necessarily think it's or do I do I think it is about a lack of not creativity and not like passion by writers in this country or do I think it's like about a lack of access to opportunities to create things that will get funding basically what do like where do we think the issue lies do we think there are just no good writers in England I think it can't be that there are no good writers that seems mad to me obviously What's america last... has a population well yeah that's true um, benefit what's the last so original british musical that you can think of well so here's what i was thinking obviously there is actually everybody's talking about jamie yes, at the moment correct which is the only thing i can it's think so of that's really because it's so it's this so never rare. happens it's based um, on it's not based on an existing well i suppose it is sort of even that is sort of based on a documentary do you know what i mean yeah, but in the same way that I guess kind of Hamilton is based on a real life story and In the Heights is based on Lynn and Miranda's life and this in Well, Ham- yeah, Hamilton's based on the book, isn't it? In the Heights is a truly original musical because that's based on his life yeah. and that's that came from nowhere. But then yeah. I was just thinking about like something like over here, like Billy Elliot was like a new British musical, but it was based on a film. And yeah. like uh, even And I think what's interesting as well, so you think Billy Elliot, 
Jamie. Yeah. And the only other person who I can think of who's been writing, not necessarily... Well, he did, it did open in the UK. So Gary Barlow did Finding Neverland for Broadway, didn't he? he yeah, which, he did. you know, did fine. Yeah. Um, And that Calendar Girls musical, which yeah. never made it... Or maybe it did No, make, it did. It, it did make it London. It, it was in... It was at the Phoenix. Yes. And then everybody's talking about Jamie as Dan Gillespie Sells, who was in The Feeling. Feeling. So even yeah. the pe- people who I can think about who've even like kind of written new musical yeah. new, new music and Billy Elliot was all Elton John yeah obviously. they're all pop artists yeah so there's something Lin-Manuel Miranda and Pascal and Paul grew oh. up loving yes. theatre yeah, wanted really to write point. for theatre went straight into doing theatre and yeah. I think that does I mean look I think everybody's talking about Jamie does really amazing things but it doesn't have say that grand act one finale it doesn't no it have, doesn't and Billy Elliot yeah. doesn't really it has kind no. of dance a yeah. really epic but not in a musical theatre sort of no, way they don't feel like they don't feel like Hamilton does yeah do they have mean? like it feels they feel like they feel quite poppy they feel very poppy yeah they all feel very poppy they feel like musicals where the, the songwriting and the book are so disparate yeah that not that they're not both good but that it's, it doesn't feel as like cohesive and like yeah. the other it's one of my favourite musicals like that's not a yeah and we both absolutely love everybody talking about Jamie we can't stop talking about it yeah but I know what you mean like there does feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect between like they just they feel like pop songs a lot of the time and they yeah. don't feel like you can't imagine like Dan Gillespie Sales writing Wicked for example yeah do you know what I mean and I love that he wants to get into theatre and in interviews he talks about mm. you know he thought this would be a little show and then he'd get to do something bigger but it's ultimately yeah. not what his whole career's been no which it's just something fine. about like the orchestrations do you know what i mean yeah like there just aren't any i mean there are but they're not no like, i know what you mean it's, it's not like compared to hamilton it's not sweeping it's of. not there's no sweeps do you think it, yeah, it's a I thing can't. where sort of like on broadway there are a lot of routes to broadway so like, you can do sort of like an off broadway you can do quite a successful out of town tryout in so many cities yeah and you can get quite a big audience that way and you can get quite a lot of feedback and you can, can like you can really like yeah. develop a show whereas here we have like manchester sheffield chichester but i feel like chichester yeah e- but to, even to get to Chich- chichester it has to be quite a well-developed show like yeah. i feel like there aren't that many risks taken where like a festival like that yeah. would like would launch a show that was still very very much in That's production true. i also think what we're lacking here is a sort of there is a west end community of sorts but we're in the States, before Dear Evan Hansen mm. existed, I guess kind of around the time that Christmas Story was on Broadway, but I didn't really know much about it. And yeah. I'd kind of, I'd still then, I'd heard the name Pasek and, the names oh, yeah. Pasek and Paul. Because yeah, I've known Pasek and Paul forever. Concerts, and the same with, there's a lot of other writers in the States, so yeah. Kerrigan and Loudmilk, yeah. Jason, Robert Brown. Like, there's loads of these people who you might, they might not have a whole show that's even yeah. had a successful off-Broadway run necessarily, but... Yeah. They're writing for musical theatre performers. They're working with musical theatre performers. They're doing a lot of workshops with them. Yeah. And their shows are being performed. And they come over here. Jason Robert Brown mm. has a gig in April or something. Yeah. So they're so well known that they can even come over to the UK and do a yeah. concert of their shows. Now, obviously, he has very successful of course, shows. Yeah. The, the, the principle is that we just do not yeah. have that kind of writing, not talent, but just that sort of... We just don't have that sort of composer over here. Like, yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber was, like, the last and only one. Yeah, he's the only big theatre writer that I can think of that's had any kind of... Real, like, long success career. across the pond. And, you know... Dare we say it? Not always the highest quality. No, really And hasn't, not. really, really hasn't transitioned to modern theatre as it is now. So Stephen Ward... Hey, he did was, School of Rock, Abby. He did School of Rock, but the worst... Like, the only songs that are good in School of Rock are the songs that were from the film. 
The songs yeah. he wrote Correct. are not good in that show. No, that ballad with the children that they don't have the range for oh, God. is painful. It is painful. And Stephen Ward, we didn't see because it had terrible reviews, mm. but it only and lasted it a few. Within about yeah, two weeks. I think it was like a couple of months yeah. run. And I think it's even a shame that a show like Kinky Boots, for example, which is so British, mm. should be so British, yep. isn't written by a Brit. No. <laughs> so we can't even tell our own stories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we gave that to Cindy Lauper. We gave it to Cindy. And she did fine. She did a great little job with it, but it's, it's set in Nottingham. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not sure she's, you know, but maybe she spent opened, a lot of time the in The fact that that opened on Broadway. Yeah. It's about a shoe factory in the Midlands. Yeah. <laughs> and think... it opened on Broadway. Yeah. And even like, mm. so there's The Last Ship opened this week, or yeah. started previous whatever this week, which is a new show by, by, by Sting. Sting yeah but it's again a pop like yeah. where is our fresh songwriting yes. talent yeah. that is British are we like I wonder if we don't have do we not the, have the university su- courses do we because not, yeah do we not support that kind of I don't know because I know that Cause ben... we have a lot of good performers yeah but do even we... then we don't necessarily have the same I think because there's not the same Broadway community I don't think that there are that many and again it's size the West End is quite a lot smaller than Broadway mm. but if you think about so last week our favourite men they were all Broadway performers yes even though we live in London yeah good point and with our favourite female performers Samantha Box yes is very British but it's currently performing on Broadway Cynthia Erivo has had way more success yes so in New York all of our successes than in than in London yeah um so I'm I'm, I don't think we even nurture stage careers as well as we could and there aren't there are kind of popping up now different venues where stage performers can do gigs like they do in New York. But mm. in New York, there's so such a culture of yeah. all the sort of Broadway backwards, miscast. So yeah, there's so it's so much part of the Broadway culture yeah. to go to people's concerts to do when like they do Act sort of Broadway and the flea market and yeah. all that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and they do sort of Broadway does Katy Perry you, or whatever. Even the fact that they give you a free playbill when you go and see a show, yeah, like you have to pay two programs occasionally. Although, um, to be fair, at least our tickets are a lot cheaper. At least that is true. Our tickets are a lot cheaper, but... Yeah. But like, there's something, there's a whole... Yes. Ceremony, I guess. To, yeah. Like, there's just a lot more around the Broadway scene. And I wonder why we don't have it here. And it's a shame, because I think there is a similar kind of community. Yeah, and there's the Theatre Cafe, which is trying to do it. The th- it is trying. It's trying um, very hard. And it's, it, you know, it might get there, but it's mm. a small venue. It doesn't... Yeah doesn't have quite and there's a lot of stuff going on at the hippodrome yeah. where they're trying to do concerts and stuff but it's just i don't know and obviously i don't know i haven't been to like a 54 below show in new york mm. i just see them on youtube yeah. but even the fact that you know you don't you don't see as much coming i think it's i don't know i don't have any answers we don't have the answers here i wonder that we just i just not sure maybe that we don't maybe we don't have we don't know how the, to nurture that talent yeah we don't have the university program so i think like benj mm. pasik went to michigan didn't he and yeah just about Everyone, didn't Gavin, did Gavin Kruger go to Gavin Michigan? Gavin Kruger did go to Michigan. Andrew Keenan Bolger went to Michigan. Diane Chris, like there's so many people did the yeah. Michigan theatre program in yeah. the states. That seems to be doing quite well for them. Yeah. yeah. So like, where's our University of Michigan that yeah. just kind of churns out musical theatre yeah. performers mm-hmm. and writers and writers? Yeah. Because I feel like even if you were like a young British writer, you would have more success at developing a show in the states than you would here. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how you go about starting to do that. Neither do I, and maybe that's the problem. Yeah. And especially if you can get your songs out, if in the States you know a performer and they can do this, a song at a show somewhere yeah. else, but mm. here we just don't... We just don't have that really. yeah. Unless you happen to know Carrie Hope Fletcher and she can do a video. That's true. I don't know. It is a shame. If you have any thoughts... 
tweet us and let tweet us, us know. and let us know, or you can email us upstagepod at gmail.com mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll keep thinking about this and return to this in a later episode when we yeah. might have some ideas, ideas about how maybe we could. We are going to fix this. We're going to fix this. We're going to do. We could be the next Great British Writers Abbey. Maybe this is what. I mean, maybe this is like someone's got to take over from Angeloid Weather. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to carry that mantle. Someone's got to do something better than Bendit Light Beckham. Yeah. Let us know if you've seen good new British shows. Yeah. Also. What is the best British musical that you've ever seen? Tell us that. Ball Bulletin. He should write a show. He should. Bet he could. Bet he could. Bet Michael Ball could. There's no Michael Ball news this week. Nah. Sorry. He was on BBC Radio 2 at one point, I think. Yeah been android webber's birthday so we did some stuff for that he did some stuff for that and it was also sondheim's birthday happy birthday to both andrew and webber and stephen sondheim from us to Uh, you they're big listeners big fans big fans of the show um i hope you hope andrew though doesn't listen because you just savaged him for his musicals did i i said (laughs) he's lost his touch you said he never had touch i love some of his shows go on cats that's true, you do love cats. You have um, a obsession with cats. I think he has some good shows. Any other business? Any other business for this week? What have I been watching? I've been watching Girls Incarcerated on Netflix, which is about juvenile detention in Madison, Indiana in the States, which is very interesting. So I recommend that if you like a prison documentary, which I do. Also this week, the miscast gala happened. There'll be videos on YouTube at some point, but just for now, Jeremy Jordan sang She Used To Be Mine from Waitress. Cassie Levy sang Shook's a Goddess from the last five years. Sarah Bareilles sang Make Them Hear You from Ragtime, which is a great song, so I'm excited to watch that. A load of the SpongeBob cast sang a song from Company. Mm. A lot of... A lot of stuff going um, on. Very worth finding on YouTube. Many, many people performed we haven't mentioned very exciting also final thing i did mention this last week but jesus christ superstar the live performance of it i guess you call it the nbc live version of jesus christ superstar with john legend as jesus and the cerebralis again as mary magdalene and norm lewis who we talked about last week that airs on easter sunday so you may just be listening to this in time to watch it but if not then you can probably find it somewhere we can't figure out if it's screening in the uk but normally the sort of nbc live things appear on itv at some point pretty soon after so it might just be a slightly delayed easter celebration so you do us. want to listen to a bit of andrew the weber look out for that yeah i think john legend will be really really good actually he's got a great voice i think he will mm. thank you for listening everybody thank you and we'll see you next week yep bye, bye.